0: So remember that God deeply cares, and God is working through your trials for the good. Satan attacks God's children to break them, but God uses it to make them. What the devil means for evil, God turns for our good.
1: Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire.
0: Hi, and welcome to Live Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you so much for joining us this time. Today we're continuing the series, The Race, with part two of the message, The Chastening of God. You know, it took me a number of years in my walk with God to distinguish between Satan's condemnation and God's conviction, between the enemy's accusations and God's chastening. They are really very different, and one way to discover which one you're dealing with, Satan or God, is in what they produce. Satan's condemnation produces defeat, depression, hopelessness, and even despair. But God's conviction and chastening, on the other hand, produce repentance, restored zeal, and great peace. When Satan condemns us, it's never for our benefit, but is always to steal our peace and render us ineffective as a witness for Jesus. But when God convicts and chastens us, it's always for our good. He wants only to bring to the light those things that will hurt and destroy us if they continue unchecked. In today's message, we're going to see what the Bible says about the chastening of God, why He chastens us, how we're to respond, and what it will produce in the end. I believe this message is going to help you to distinguish between the devil's attacks and God's spirit at work in you. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, The Chastening of God. There he was, alone, destitute, no certain future, and yet he discovered, surely the Lord is in this place with me. He's in this hard time with me. He's working through this in me and through me. God's will is coming to pass no matter what I'm experiencing, and I didn't discern it. He's saying to himself, wow, he was so mightily with me, but I didn't discern it. I didn't see it. In the worst trial of Jacob's life, The Lord was in that place, working with him, shaping his future character, disciplining him, training him, preparing him for his finest hour. The Bible reveals that God has been leading him every step of the way. He would soon arrive to his Uncle Laban's house where he would spend the next 20 years of his life. He didn't know that. He didn't know that God had it and had him. 20 years he would spend in Laban's house. He would meet his future wives, Rachel and Leah. He would sire 12 sons who would be the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. In all of Jacob's troubles, God was weaving the tapestry of his eternal plan, bringing into existence the embryonic Jewish race that would bring forth Messiah one day. In all of Jacob's troubles, the Lord was in that place but he didn't know it. Now, let me ask you something. Have you stopped to consider the Lord is with you in that trial you're in right now? Have you stopped to think that he's working in it and through it and that he is not hindered by flesh or devil or man? That God has decreed to work in you and through you? He's weaving his plan no matter what man or devils do. 2 Corinthians four seventeen. I love this. These troubles and sufferings of ours are, after all, quite small and won't last very long. This too shall pass. Yet this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessings upon us forever and forever. Isn't that beautiful? So I was thinking of Jacob and I thought of us and how some of us were laying our heads on the equivalent of a stone pillow at night. We lay down and we go to sleep on the stone of doubts and we go to sleep on the stone of difficulties. And some of us lay down in the rough place of confusion and don't know where to turn and what the future holds. But I want you to know that even though you may not sense him all around you, the Lord is in that place with you. He's in that place with you. Now, since the word endure is used three times in the first eight verses of Hebrews 12, clearly these Hebrews were experiencing very difficult times. They were in some hard trials, And tribulations, because three times the writer says, endure, 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 stay with it. Don't give up, don't walk away. Don't throw up your hands, don't put up the white flag. Don't give in, don't surrender. Don't give up on God. Three times, endure, endure, endure. He says, I know what you're going through is tough. He said, but let me remind you, you haven't yet spilled blood in your resistance of sin. Not yet. Christians all over the world are. But probably most in here have not spilled blood. So these people were experiencing great trials, but martyrdom had not come to them yet. In their great trial of faith, he says to them, consider Jesus. Look unto Jesus and consider Jesus. Think about Jesus. Meditate on Jesus. Think about the hostility that Jesus endured from sinners. Look at what he went through. Slapped and beat in the face. Beard plucked out. Crown of thorns thrust upon his glorious head. Stripped naked in front of God and man. Whipped within an inch of his life. Couldn't carry the cross anymore. Had to have somebody carry that cross up Golgotha's hill for him. Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. And what he went through. While you haven't yet shed blood in your race of faith, he did And he's your captain. He's your leader. He's the one out in front saying, come on, I paid the price. I've gone ahead of you. Anything I went through, you can go through as well, because I'm going to strengthen you to do it. Consider Jesus. And then he says, let me give you a great big, oh, by the way, by the way, you have forgotten something very important to the success of your race. He said, you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons and daughters. My son, my daughter, don't despise, take lightly the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him for whom the Lord loves. He chastens, disciplines, trains. Now, when I used to read that, I used to say, what in the world does chastening have to do with the race of faith and me going through some tough times? What does chastening have to do with it? Well, I'm going to tell you how it fits. Here's how it fits, the chastening, discipline of the Lord. In our race of faith, we're all going to experience and are experiencing right now, most of us here, trials, difficulties, setbacks, persecutions, testings. We're all going through that on some level. Anybody really walking with the Lord wakes up every single day and fights the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's an uphill, upstream battle for every true believer each and every day. But God promises in Hebrews to use those trials to accelerate our spiritual growth, to bring us into spiritual maturity. He says, I want you to remember three things. And church, you might want to write these down because I think it's only going to get hotter for Christians in this country. It's going to get hotter. Our culture is changing. I'm not here to preach bad news. I'm going to preach you up. You're going to walk out here full of faith. But I'm going to tell you the truth as well. It's only going to get hotter out there. It's not popular anymore to be a Christian. Most real, blood-bought, sold-out children of God are going to pay a price for their faith in one way or another. So he said, I want you to remember three things. In your trials, remember that God is deeply concerned for your welfare. He reminds us in Hebrews that we are his children, his sons, and his daughters. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. Sons. So he brings our relationship with God down to family level. We're not just believers. We're not just adherents to a faith. We are his sons. We are his daughters. We are family. Now, let me give you an illustration. I make it real simple. I deal with the needs and the hurts and the trials of hundreds of people Hundreds of people comes our way. On any given day of our life, there are typically several in our congregation that Kathy and I are focused on, that we're praying for, that we're contacting, that we're visiting. That's just the call of the pastor. And you know what? Here's the truth. We hurt with them. We weep with them. And we rejoice with them when they get good news. But there's not a day that goes by we're not carrying A number of people in our prayers and in our thoughts. But here's the deal. Let one of my own children suffer, experience pain, have some kind of trouble, and it pulls out of me something that a normal church member is not going to get. You know why? Because they're my children. They're my flesh and blood. So if they hurt, I hurt in a way that no one else can bring on me. And you know what? If I have my child hurting and a church member hurting, I hate to break it to you, I'm running to my child. And I think if I did otherwise, you'd think I was weird. You know what God's saying to us? God is saying, because you are my sons. Listen carefully. Because you are his sons. I'm quoting Galatians 4, 6 to 7, because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba father can we say that together i love that ready one two three abba father don't you remember saying that for the very first time when the spirit of god came into your heart when you got saved and something in you just resonated with god and you knew that you were his child the spirit of god bore witness with your spirit that you were now a son or a daughter of god and you said father and he said child child Now you are no longer a slave, the Bible says, but you are God's own child. And since you are his child, God made you his heir. So you know what that tells me? He cares about you and I as his children in a special way. And we're to remember when we're going through a trial, he's not out there flinging more stars into space. He's not just listening to the prayers of Billy Graham or some other Christian superstar. When the least of the least says, Father, help me. He's all there. He's reaching down. He'll send angels on your behalf. He'll move heaven and earth to get to you. He will never walk away from you, never fail you, never forsake you. So I hear in this passage, we are to intimately, consummately trust him when we're in a trial. He cares deeply about his children. In fact, he cares so much that he wants us to remember a second thing. He promises to take what the devil meant for evil and turn it for your good. That's a promise. That's a promise. he says, I want you to remember this. When you're suffering, when you're in a trial, when you're having to endure, when you're going through, you feel like you're being threaded through the eye of a needle. How am I going to make it through this? How am I going to get to the other side? Am I ever going to be where I used to be? Am I ever going to get past this? Yes, you are because God has made a promise. He's made a divine decree that anything and everything that touches your life is going to work together for your good. And what the enemy means to destroy you, God is going to work it for your good. And he wants you to remember that. He wants you to remember that. Let's say together, I remember that. Are you going to remember it tomorrow morning when you wake up and you say, oh, me it's Monday morning, you get in your car and you're in rush hour traffic going to a job that you can't stand and you wonder where God is? Are you going to remember that God has already said even though you're in a job you can't stand around people that you can't take, I'm still going to work it together for your good. In other words, the believer is in a win-win, win-win, win-win every time. These Hebrew believers were under heavy trial. Apparently all they could see Was there difficulties? Isn't it so easy to do that? You're going through some really tough times, and you don't see the Lord. You don't discern that he's in that place with you, and you're just going through a really, really tough time, and all you can see is your sorrow and your trouble and what is right in front of you right here. And in their race of faith, we know where they were because Hebrews tells us their feet were dragging, their hands were hanging down, and their knees had grown shaky. They're all shook up. So the writer tells them, don't forget, God is using these trials to train you, mature you, and strengthen you. In fact, he's using them to discipline you. So I want you to think that in every trial you're going through, God is there to bring discipline and to bring training. And here's the way that it works. You ever notice when you're going through a trial, you're in that word better than otherwise? Let me tell you, when you walk with God the least, when things are great, When there's not a problem in the world and you're just sailing from glory to glory, better not do that too long because eventually you get out of your devotional, you get out of the Word, you get out of prayer. Have you noticed that? But let some trouble come. And, man, you find that Bible, and your nose is buried in those Scriptures, and that prayer closet is opened up again, and the dust is brushed away, and you're on your knees crying out to God, and you know what God says? That's exactly what I do in your trials. I train you. David said, before I was afflicted, I drifted. But now that I've been afflicted, I keep your word. He's admitting to the fact that the afflictions and the difficulties have brought training into his life. So God disciplines us. Here's why, folks. Because disciplined people become people who are disciplined. If I receive the discipline of God, I become a disciplined person. In other words, those who endure God's discipline in their lives become the kind of disciplined people they always wanted to be. Let me tell you something about you and me that's true. We grow best in pain. Not me, Pastor Jeff. I just like blessing upon blessing. Well, that's great. But hang on, you're going to have some pain because you're in a painful world. You're in a sin afflicted, devil infested world. So you're going to have some pain. But I'm going to tell you something. You will grow quicker in Pain, not that I'm speaking pain over you, and I don't want you to pray for pain. You won't have to. It'll find you anyway. But here's the fact. Pain accelerates your growth. God decreed it so. God says, even when you're in pain, I'm going to make it cause you to grow. Somebody once said to Coach Tom Landry of the Dallas Cowboys in the glory days, that's free. Somebody said to him once, your team must really love to work out. Because they do it with so much enthusiasm. Landry kind of smiled, said, no, here's the truth. They do what they don't really want to do so they can be what they really want to be. Well, there's a lot of wisdom in that. See, disciplined people become people who are disciplined, and disciplined people are the most successful people of all. And God uses our trials to train us, to discipline us, to grow us up so we can be who we really want to be. The process hurts, but the end product is glorious. God uses our trials and troubles to bring discipline into our lives. In our trials, we become trained to daily get in the Word of God, trained to pray, trained to shun the things of the flesh. The trials God uses to train us, to put some muscle on us, to grow us up. Don't forget that. Don't forget He deeply cares about you. Don't forget He's decreed that even your trouble is going to work for your good. Verse 7 says, I love this, here's the Living Bible, let God train you, for He is doing what any loving father does for His children. He's not telling us that God Himself sends the trials, sends the difficulties. He's not saying that, that God sends the persecutions or that He has offered the trials. That's not what He's saying. He's telling us that God will use them to bring training and maturity into our lives. So remember that God deeply cares, and God is working through your trials for the good. Satan attacks God's children to break them, but God uses it to make them. What the devil means for evil, God turns for our good. What the devil sends to destroy us, God sends to train us. What the devil hopes will ruin us, God uses to mature us. And one last thing you need to remember, God deeply cares about your welfare. He's going to use your trials to make you who you always wanted to be. And the third thing he wants you to remember is remember the end product of your trials. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Training is always Painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Living Bible says, I like this, afterwards, we can see the result. Afterward, we can see the result. A quiet growth in grace and character. Listen to the message. Later, God's discipline pays off handsomely. For it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. Powerful stuff. You know what the end product is of your trials and what you're going through right now? The end product, the afterword. The afterword is you're more like Jesus. That's the afterword. That's the afterword. You go in at this level of maturity. You come out at this level of maturity. And somebody says, wow, you used to freak out about these different things. You don't freak out anymore. What's happened to you? You on something? (laughs) Yeah, I am. I am. I'm on the word. I'm on the Holy Spirit. I'm on Jesus. And see, he's brought me up. You'll hear Simon Peter. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. Cursing and swearing. But a few years later, he's put in prison. The next day, he's going to be beheaded. But the angel's got to whack him in the side to wake him up. Because he's learned to rest in God. He's more like Jesus. But Peter, they're taking your head off. They're all, oh, well, I trust God. Now let me go to sleep. See, maturity, more like Jesus. More love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. More self-control. In the race of faith, he's going to discipline you. He's going to train you. You know, I think of the words of Jesus as he spoke about false prophets. He said, you shall know them by their fruits. The same can be said about Satan's condemnation and God's conviction. You will know which one you're dealing with by its fruit. If you feel condemned, shamed, hopeless, and defeated, you can know for certain that is not from God. It's Satan's accusations and condemnation. But on the other hand, if you've been convicted, which led to repentance, and now you feel encouraged, joyful. If your soul is at peace with God and your zeal for the Lord has been restored, you can know for certain that that is from God. Distinguishing between the two sources, Satan and God, is a part of growing spiritually. Now, don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with our Life Talk listeners you'll want to take advantage of. Until next time, may God's richest blessings be yours.
1: Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to LifeTalk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, LifeTalk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to LifeTalk Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Lifetalk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Lifetalk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Lifetalk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier.
0: The Chastening of God is the fifth message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Race. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Race, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information.
1: You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111.